But this morning, you guys, what we're doing is we are starting a two-part series. We're, we'll, it's, it's unusual. It's an unusual short series. We will have another series next year extending out from this series. But this time around, it's short. It's just two-part. And we're going to take a look at two, during this two-part series, two common Christian beliefs that are really not all that Christian. And so uh, I kind of like to call them toxic Christian beliefs, right? In fact, these beliefs, they can hinder you from walking in joy. They can hinder you from walking in freedom that Christ intended to you. And it's, it's, it's interesting how so many things that we hear in, in Christianity, we hear Christians say, y'all know, know what I'm talking about. When I say the, the, the word Christianese, do you know what that means? You familiar with that term, Christianese, kind of pithy Christian sayings, you know. We tend to use language that uh, other people go scratch their heads, right? I remember John Wimber telling a story about the first time he ever came, he ever went to a church, and he walks up to the door, and it was a Sunday night service, and the guy greeting people was wearing a suit, a suit on Sunday night. Some of you might remember those days. Uh, I'm just so glad we have been delivered from them. And uh, suit, this guy shakes his hand. He goes, brother, are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Wimber freaked. He's like, well, you guys do that here? What are you talking about? Have you so uh, sometimes we use phraseology that is uh, very foreign. But we're not specifically talking about phraseology. What we're talking about are actual kind of beliefs. And it's interesting that we say things... Uh, that are closer really to kind of being urban legends than they are to being scriptural. And uh, here's, a, here's a few maybe examples that you have heard in church that can drive you a little crazy, um, that might be a little toxic. One might be, hey, forgiving is forgetting. Anybody ever hear that one? Forgiving is forgetting. It's like awfully quiet here because that means that a lot of you really believe that. Forgiving is forgetting. It's forgetting. No, it's not. That's a, you know what that is? That's a recipe for enabling and dysfunction. That's what that is. Um, or this one. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. You know what? When you have a miscarriage and somebody walks up to you and says, everything happens for a reason, you know, it's almost like the ref reflex. What's that? Everything happens for a reason? Can you tell me the reason why I just kicked you in the forehead then? Uh, when people say something, it's, it's, it drives me crazy, right? Or here's one that I hear often. You know God is in it when everything just comes together. Really? Really? Is that how the early church was formed? Everything just came together? No one was literally sawn in half or beheaded or persecuted? The early church, it all just came together. And you know God is in it when everything just comes together. Lie. Lie. Do you guys remember our first camp? Did everything just come together? No. No. Y'all remember the first year of this church? Did everything come together? No. No. Like, it's not, it's not true. Because then what are, you, what are you led to believe then if you are pursuing things, something that God, that you believe God has called you to do and everything doesn't come together? Do you go, well, I guess it wasn't God. Because everything didn't just come together, right? Lie. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that one next year. I'm sure you guys probably, you, you know, you could probably add to the list. You could probably just add to the list some of the things that you've heard, right? And uh, 
the particular belief that can sort of drive you crazy today, the toxic belief that I want to talk about is it's selfish to have my needs met. It's selfish to have my needs met. And I, I don't know if some of these beliefs are more regional than others. Um, I think in a way this one might be uh, very Midwestern. This might have sort of a real Midwestern flavor to it. Because you know us Midwesterners hate to show weakness of any kind. Right? I remember literally, literally, my, uh, my dad sat me down one time when I was just a kid. He, you know, he grew up in Michigan and then came down and worked in the factories. He became a pipe fitter, all those Midwestern things. And he said, uh, I remember having this discussion with me about uh, how men don't cry. And he literally said this. Now that he's dead, I guess I can say this. He's, he said, when women cry, it's not genuine. When <laughs> Take it up with him. And then he said, when men cry, it's for real. You know it's real. You know it's real. <laughs> so, but this idea, it's selfish to have my needs met. It's, it's so interesting how many busy moms I meet, super busy moms. And they are tireless, tirelessly serving their families. They're bringing them here and bringing them there. And, and I meet also just men who are just completely burned out, completely fried, who, and, and, and they're always helping their friends. And these, these two groups of people totally feel guilty, right, saying no to another's need so that they can meet their own, right? And there's a sense of guilt. I can't meet. And, and there's times, okay, I'm just curious. Maybe we'll have a show of hands, maybe not. But how many of you have ever been exhausted, just exhausted, and you felt guilty for telling a friend you couldn't help them? Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's not like somebody's holding you down, right? It's not like, you, you know, you're locked in a cage. It's not like you're busy doing something else. And we feel like because we have that time open on our schedule that we should say yes, and we feel guilty if we say no, even though we're meeting our own needs by getting rest, Right? We're getting a little rest. And so uh, it, it, it is interesting that we have a sense of guilt about meeting our own needs, especially if someone else has a need. And I know I have been there before, that little voice in my head, and it says, so many people need your help, and you are a jerk for taking care of yourself. Right? I'll be honest with you. The, the first time I ever rode in an airplane, and I'm on the, uh, <laughs> some of you might know where I'm going. You know, I'm, we're getting ready to take off. And the, the flight attendant goes up there, and the little video plays, and it tells you that when the oxygen mask drops, it says, what do they say? Put it on yourself before you help someone else. And literally hearing that going, no way. I can hold my breath, all right? I've got, other people need my help. That's just selfish to put that oxygen mask on myself before I help somebody else. And uh, if I would have voiced that concern to a flight attendant, she probably would have laughed at me because she has probably seen people helping other people before putting their own oxygen mask on and then passing out. And so that's just where I've been. I'm sure you've been there too. Maybe you felt alone. Maybe you felt exhausted, worn out, burned out, desperate hoping that neglecting your needs while you serve somebody else will just make it all better, right? And then you just find yourself in a far worse condition in the long run and wishing, wishing, right? 
So we want to talk about what does God have to say about that? How has God designed us to live? And we'll try to answer that question. We'll probably we'll try to address this toxic belief. But real quick, let me pray. God, we love you so much and we praise you. And Lord, I ask that your word would come alive in us today, that you would give us a glimpse of your heart, that you would give us a glimpse of how you see our needs. And uh, Lord, let us leave today transformed in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read from uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. And there's, Ecclesiastes is a very unique book in the Bible. Very unique, kind of depressing. You read through Ecclesiastes, it's not exactly the feel-good book of the Bible. Um, and it's kind of, you know, you have the king, you have King Solomon, and he, he had more success, more wealth, than anyone in human history, even till today, right? And in this book, he kind of just talks about the futility of life, the futility of chasing worldly success, how life is just so, so short, and, uh, and what really matters most. And so in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12, Solomon says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Everybody say, real trouble. trouble. We don't want to be in real trouble, right? Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. How can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. Let me stop right there because a lot of people, re- how many have ever heard this scripture at a wedding? Every wedding. Like, and so a lot of times people hear this, this scripture at a wedding and they go, three are even better. And they go, that's right, husband, wife, and Jesus. <laughs> right? Husband, wife, and Jesus were a three we're a three uh, cord, a strand of three cords, right? And it can't be easily broken. But really, Solomon isn't talking about marriage and Jesus, which, hey, you know what? If it applies at a wedding, God bless you. Use it. Be inspired. I hope you never get divorced after hearing that scripture. But uh, he's really talking about community. Two partnering up and three even better. And I'm sure he could just go on and on and on, right? And so if you remember one thing this morning, remember this. Our needs serve a purpose that bring glory to God. And we're going to get into that and why that matters in the scripture. But our needs, they actually serve a purpose that bring glory to God. And having our needs met isn't selfish. And denying those needs and just kind of stuffing them down and forget it, that's really not what God wants. And when we have a need and we reach out to our spiritual family for help, we're actually fostering the kind of community that God meant for us to live in. So when you have a need and you reach out, or when you have a need and say, hey, I actually have a need, and that's why I can't help you today, you know, it, that's okay. It's okay. Because our needs are meant to bring glory to God. And as a, as a side note, before I go on, I just want to make a little parenthetical. And I want to say that we're not talking about taking advantage of the kindness of others. 
and we've, we've all kind of met that, right? And if you've been in church long enough, you might have met a person or two that, you know, is taking advantage of the kindness of others, constantly asking them to do what we're capable of doing ourselves. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about abusing the system as it were, right? Because after all, Galatians 6.5. Galatians 6.5 says, basically, I'm going to paraphrase the Libazah version, says we're responsible for what we're responsible for, okay? We're responsible for what we are responsible for. And this is called, in life, functional independence. God wants us to live in functional independence. We're responsible for what we're responsible for. It's not about kind of abusing it. And so, but when we have a real need, when we have real struggles, real issues that we're facing, uh, believing a lie that it's selfish to have our needs met can actually cause some real harm, can actually cause more harm. And when we live and we share our needs as God intended in biblical community, bound together with other people, uh, helping each other to succeed, helping each other when we have needs, God is glorified because it reflects his desire and his intent for our lives. God intended for us and created for us to live in community, okay? So it was never, you know, I, I, it's, such, it's such an American thing, the whole, the Lone Ranger, right? The Lone Ranger, the, the, the John McCain, is that, is that Don? Huh? Dirty Harry, did I, did, I get, did I get John McCain right? McLean, thank you. <laughs> we got one diehard fan back there, okay? So, yeah, he, he was, we were never meant to sort of be these, you know, these solo heroes, supermen. Uh, we were meant literally to live in community with other people. And so when we do that, we reflect God's glory, his purpose for our lives. So I want to talk just really quick. I'm going to share six truths that help us overcome this toxic belief that it's selfish to have our needs met. And the first is this. Our needs are logical. They are logical. Your needs are not strange, and your needs are not unique. You ever notice that when we have a need, when we have a struggle, we think that we are unique in that. We are unique. We have this problem. Nobody else has this struggle. And I think, honestly, that is one of the enemy's greatest schemes and lies. You're unique in this. Other people won't understand, you know. And sometimes I think some people hold on to their need because it makes them special, right? It makes them different, but it doesn't, right? Sometimes when we have a need, we have to understand it's logical. It would be really strange. Wouldn't it be really strange if you were at a gas station putting gas in your car and somebody drove by and gave you a dirty look for your car being so selfish? <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be weird? They're so selfish, putting gas in their car. Right? That would be weird. But sometimes we feel selfish to stop and to rest and to fill up our spiritual and emotional tanks. Right? Twice a year, I go on a personal retreat where I go be alone. And I don't even answer calls from my mother. Sorry, Mom. Right? If you're watching this, I'm sorry. But I don't even answer calls from my own mother. I'm, I'm, I'm there, right? And I'm there to get my tank filled so that when I come back, I've got something to give. Okay? It, you know, we feel it's selfish to stop and to rest, to fill up our tanks. And just like it can be harmful to our cars if uh, we let them run on empty, it can be harmful to our bodies and our souls and our minds to run on empty. Okay? 
And we do that an awful lot. Sometimes we actually fill up with the wrong fuel, you know. We spend so much time consuming media, and that's like, that's like filling up on empty calories, you know. We need to get away and really be filled up and fueled up. And if your need for comfort and your need for encouragement, your need for hope, if that's selfish, then guess what? Other people's needs for that is selfish too, right? Have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, would you pray for me? I am feeling this way. Do you ever think to yourself, what a selfish jerk. <laughs> They're hurting. They want me to pray for them. You know, we don't do that. Do we? We don't think other people are selfish for having needs. So then why do we think that we're selfish for having needs? Why do we think that we're selfish, right? And so if we don't feel that way about others, it is totally not logical to feel that way about ourselves. It's all right. You don't need to be Superman all the time. You don't need to be strong all the time. It's okay. And I, I, I grew up in a system where literally at the church that I grew up in, I remember being told by one person, they weren't a leader, but it was another person who just said, you know, the leaders really shouldn't go and get prayer because, you know, it shows that they're struggling. And we can't, you know, leaders shouldn't have that image. And, uh, and I, I, I wish that at that time in my life I, I would have felt comfortable calling bull, you know, um, well, the second thing is this. Our needs are actually designed to drive us to growth. So what happens when we ignore those needs? Well, we kind of stop growing, don't we? You know, we camp out at the need camp instead of moving on. And so it would be nice if we could all be sort of perpetual motion machines where, where no one asks for help. Well, that'd be, wouldn't it be good? No need to call a friend when we're depressed. No need to call or talk to somebody when we're panicked. No, no need to ask advice when our finances are going astray, right? No need to talk to someone when our eating is out of control. No need to talk to somebody when our marriage is shaky. But our neediness, right, our neediness focuses us to realize that we are creatures that must look up to God in humility and ask him for what we need, okay? We, we, we need to walk in that place of humility and understand we have needs. And we can look to God for those needs. And you know how God answers most prayers? Through other people, all right? You are the answer to people's prayers. When we do camp, guess what? We're the answer to those kids' prayers. And believe me, many of them lay in bed at night and pray for hope, okay? And so we are the answers of prayer. We, hey, guess what? When you guys give in the offering, you're answering my prayers. <laughs> and so, you know, you, we are the answers to each other's prayers. And uh, it takes humility to look up to God and, and ask for help and receive that help when God sends other people to help. And so uh, cl closeness with God, when we draw close to God and our humble position, you know, dry, drawing us closer to God and to others and to maturity, and closeness with God fills us up. And it's better to live in a place of fullness, right, than to sort of uh, move or slide into a place of crisis. Would you rather live out of fullness or out of exhaustion? Yeah? Would you rather live out of fullness? I know I would. I would much rather live out of fullness than exhaustion. 
And so the third thing is our, our needs are meant to drive us to humility. To humility. That's a tough word these days, isn't it? It's so hard to be humble when you're always right. You know? It's so hard to be humble when you're dropping the memes on Facebook. When you're it's so hard to be humble when there's, you know, there's us versus them. It's so hard to be humble. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. But God wants us to live in a place of humility. He wants us to be humble. Humility joins people. Humility serves people. Humility goes before the Lord. Uh, we're meant to live in a place of humility. As long as we think that we are better than most other people, we will rarely admit our needs or ask for help. I'm going to read that one more time. Okay? As long as we think that we are better than most, we will rarely admit our needs or ask for help. Yeah, because if I ask you for help, it means I'm not better than you. <laughs> right? And so, especially in leadership, if you have like a leadership calling or if you're leading something, this is especially difficult for you and for me. Because sometimes leaders actually have to go to the people that they're leading and go, would you pray for me? Would you help me in this area? Okay? And so leaders have needs. And so if you have a leader that has no needs, then you might be following the wrong guy or gal. And so our needs are meant to drive us to humility. We, we all need to be loved, right? Love is the fuel of life. And being connected to God and being connected to others, it keeps us going. It keeps us going. We need empathy. We need comfort. We need understanding. We need reassurance from others, okay? Or at least most of us need reassurance from others. The rest is Dan. And so Dan's just independent. He don't care enough, right? So... You know, humble people know that they can't do it all by themselves. Humble people know that they, they, they can't do it by themselves. For humility teaches people to ask for help. Ah, that's so hard. Wow, that's that hard. Sometimes I would literally just rather hire somebody to come help me than ask for help. Is there something wrong with that? Yeah, <laughs> Wendy, the one back there who's always worried about money. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And so, uh, but humble people know that they can't do it all themselves. And uh, that's why the Bible tells us that God mocks the proud, right? But he gives grace to the humble, Proverbs 3.34. And so when we're humble and we ask for help, guess what's waiting for us? God's grace. God's grace. I love God's grace. Need it more and more all the time. And so forth, the next thing is that our needs are designed to draw us closer to God, right? And just, just what I was touching on just a minute ago. Our needs are, are designed to draw us closer to God. And so people with nothing to fix have nothing to say to God. And so they say that if you want to know the truth about a person, if you want to know really what a man is made of, it's not during the time of need that he has, but it's during the times of plenty. That's when you really know when, what somebody is made of. Because during the good times, are they still going to the Lord? During the good times, are they still walking in humility? You ever notice that some people are completely different people when they have a need versus when they don't? Am I the only one? Maybe that's a pastor thing that I've noticed, right? 
you know. Some people, when, they're, when they have no need, they can be kind of abrasive. They're a little bit arrogant. They have a need. Things are going south, and all of a sudden, they're the most humble, gentle people you've ever met, right? But shouldn't we walk in humility in all times, right? And so uh, those who are poor in spirit, those who are in mourning, those who are weak, According to Matthew 5, 3 through 5, right? What Jesus says, those people are blessed, okay? Those people are blessed, poor in spirit, those in mourning, those who are meek. And so the church should be a place, really, where it is safe to be an unfinished person, where it is safe to be incomplete, where it is safe to be needy. And, and that's, you know, uh, one of the things, honestly, that blesses me is when I see that we have people going back there for prayer. I love that. I love that. Because guess what? You know, I kind of, I know things. I get to know people. And there's been so many Sundays where I've known somebody is just in the pits. And they won't go and get prayer. I'm like, why wouldn't you just walk across the room? Don't you know that God wants to bless you? Don't you know that our prayer team wants to love you? Go get prayer. And so uh, it's important that we be a culture where it's okay to have needs. It's okay to go get prayer. It's all right, man, right? And so uh, the fifth thing is this, is neglecting our needs leads to spiritual and emotional problems. It really does. And uh, when we uh, neglect them, it can cause greater problems in the future, just like if you neglect regular oil changes. Mm -hmm. It can destroy your car's engine. It really will. Neglecting your God-given legitimate needs can cripple you. Over time, it just gets worse. And when we run on emotional empty, we get depressed. We lack vitality. It can even cause greater isolation. We don't want that. We want to live in community, not isolation. A lot of times, when we have psychological symptoms, right, like depression, anxiety, and things like that, that can be God's way of letting us know that something is wrong. Something is wrong, okay? We have eating disorders. We have substance abuse, compulsive behaviors. These are symptoms of deeper problems, and usually they're symptoms of problems or issues that we just never met, that we kind of locked away, okay? And so we don't want to do that. We don't, we don't want to just stuff it down, lock it away, pretend it's not there, because later on you're going to have problems. Later on you're going to have problems. And you don't want that. You don't want an addiction rising up. You don't want, you know, things like that. So uh, have them met. And the last thing is this. Getting our needs met helps us to meet the needs of others. It really does. It all comes back around, right? So having our needs met, it frees us to meet the needs of others without resentment. You ever, you ever go to help somebody and you really resent it the whole time? And then you... And then you get home. Maybe you go to help somebody move. Or maybe, you know, uh, your mom called you and it just wasn't a good time. You didn't want to go help her <laughs> at that moment. Listen, you should always help your mom. I'm not saying don't help your mom. People that are listening or watching online or here, mom. Um, all right? But sometimes we just, we have needs and it's just not a good time. Man, and we go to help somebody else, and we kind of resent them, but God wants us to help others out of a fullness, out of an overflow, right? We're supposed, we want to function out of overflow, not out of overwork. We want to function out of overflow, and, and when we serve others that way, we serve so much more cheerfully, 
We serve with so much more energy, with so much more joy. And having a full stomach, right, so to speak, spiritually and emotionally, it allows us to do that. It allows us to help others cheerfully. And so the most comforting people in the world are those who have been what? Comforted. Yeah, the most comforting people in the world are those who have been comforted. You ever notice, you know the old saying, hurting people hurt people? And them hurting people go, I mean, they need to get some help. They need to have their needs met. They need to go get prayer. They need to talk to a friend, right? We don't want to be hurting people who hurt people. We want to be comforted people who comfort people. And so the most comforting people in the world, those who have been comforted, the most understanding people are those who have been understood, and the most loving people are those who have been loved. Yeah. You know, it's hard to receive, isn't it? Sometimes it's much easier to give than it is to receive. But it's hard to receive. It really is. That was a tough one for me. It took me years to figure out how to receive. It really did. I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I felt bad. I felt less than, all those things. And we've seen that here before. We actually, I remember early on in the church, there was a guy who we were talking to one time, and uh, he, he had been to the church a couple times, and he was just like, he was broke, he had no food, he had nothing. And so, you know, some people came together, and they bought some groceries, and they gave them to him. And he was so embarrassed by that that he never came back, right? It's hard to receive. Receiving can be very, very difficult. Um, but we should be people who get good at being loved, at being loved. And so uh, we're going to wrap up today, but um, I want to do this. I just, I just have a question. And, uh, if Wendy wants to come, that would be, that would be great. Wendy wants to come. I, just, I feel like the Lord uh, wants to speak to us today. I want to pray for some people. You know, living in community is, this is, this is what we're all about, you know. Uh, this is, hey, actually, we've got, like, some Bible studies coming up where we have a chance to live in community in smaller groups on Wednesday nights. Kind of, you know, um, and we have our prayer team. They're going to be heading back there right now, too. And, um, but uh, the question is, am I asking for what I need? I mean, it's simple. Am I asking for what I need? Am I asking for what I need? You know, it's so tragic to come to church, have a need, not take it before the Lord, and then leave. What a great place to come and have your needs met, right? It's tragic. So you may need support in a crisis. Maybe you're in a crisis today. You need support. Um, maybe you need advice about a problem. Maybe you need comfort in a loss. All of these needs... You know, all of these needs, the Father welcomes. The Father welcomes your needs. And so one of the ways that you can walk in God's purposes for your needs is you can go get prayer today. Go see our prayer team. They love I'll go back there, too. I'm going to join the prayer team this morning. Um, to be free, you know, be free of those thoughts of, you know, when the enemy says that you're selfish, when the enemy accuses you of being selfish. Be free of that. It's not selfish to have your needs met. Um, so I just want to pray for you. Um, I'm going to have Wendy pray for you too. And go grab her on microphone. So let me just pray for you. If that's you, you did you have a word? Okay, go ahead. Um, I felt like I got a picture of 
someone coming in, and maybe it's more than one person, but coming in with like a heavy backpack on and and it's not just like, you know, you're not walking like this with your backpack on, you're like this. But you're not showing that to anybody. Like everybody's asking you, how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine. You're giving them the Christian answer. I'm fine, God is good. I'm blessed no less and I ain't taking the devil's meds. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's, that's fine you, if you that's feel why that you way. Look like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But what I, what I, when I saw that picture, what I felt like I heard the Lord saying is, please don't leave that way. That he so just wants to take it off of your shoulders. And he does not want you to let pride keep you from being able to let it, let it go. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the, the Bible talks about um, in the time when, oh, shoot, I'm going to forget. Whose arms were being held up? Was that Moses? Moses, yeah. Okay, thank you. So there was a battle being fought, and they're like, as long as Moses' arms are being held up. So Moses couldn't do it by himself, so somebody had to come along and hold his arms up. And I just felt like God was saying that if, if you're carrying that load and you get prayer this morning, it's like that person is helping you take it off, that you can't take it off by yourself because God wants to use someone to help you take it off. Because he's asking you to be humble. So, I, he I is just, safe. Yeah. I, I just want to add to that uh, as we pray. That a lot of times, uh, that voice in our ear says, that's so small. That, that need you have is small and silly. Right? Like, oh, that dude over there has got cancer. Uh, I'm just upset because I, I'm wanting that promotion. You know? And we compare our needs to others, and we think our needs are silly or stupid or small. And so just, you know what? Don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. And don't should yourself. Don't I should all over yourself, you know? I shouldn't feel that. this way. I should feel this way. I shouldn't do... Yeah. Nope. Because what happens then? We have that small need, and we go, oh, yeah, I'm just going to put it back in my pocket, you know? And then we leave, and it only becomes a bigger need, you know? And so uh, don't ignore, don't ignore the small need. So let, let's just pray for you. I just want to pray for you. You know, if you're here this morning and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm coming with a need this morning, you know, just, just hold out your hands and, and let me pray for you. Um, and when the worship team comes back, you'll have an opportunity to go get prayed for the prayer team. And so let's pray, huh? Let's pray together. Just hold out your hands if you have a need. It's all right. It's all right. If, if, you st if you're still just sitting there with your need, with your hands down like this, then I just wasted the last 30 minutes. So, oh, God, we love you and we praise you. Lord, I thank you that you care about our needs. Every one of them, every one of them, even the ones that we deem silly and insignificant. And, Lord, I pray, God, that we would have the humility to come before you, the humility to reach out to our, our family, our spiritual family, God, for prayer, for encouragement. Lord, that um, we would understand, Lord, what your word says in Ecclesiastes about you know, two, three can't be easily overcome, can't be broken, God, that, 
that you intended for us to live in community. You intended for us, God, to live together. And so when we bring our needs to each other, God, and to you, uh, we are literally walking in the way that you created us to walk in. So come, bring healing today, bring hope today, bring encouragement today. Holy Spirit, come now and have your way. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring healing to those who need healing today. I speak to pain in bodies right now. I say, go, just go away. In Jesus' name. God, I pray for those who have bondage, God, whether it's bondage to substances or alcohol or food or screens or sex or whatever, God, whatever bondage is keeping them, um, holding them back, God, that you'd release them right now. I speak release. I speak freedom over you in Jesus' name. Lord, I just ask that you would release your love mm-hmm. right now in Jesus' name over every person, that they would know how deeply you love them. And as they understand or begin to receive that love, that they could receive what they need from you, mm-hmm. that we are safe in you. Thank you that there is no judgment that you created us to need. And so, Lord, we just walk in how you created us to be. And I thank you that there's nothing that can separate us from your love. I just feel like that someone needs to hear that, that it doesn't matter what your need is or what you've done, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Mm. He still loves you just like he always has. Have your way in us, Lord. Mm. Help us to open every door in our hearts to you completely and wholly. I had a word this morning from the prayer team that God wants all of us mm-hmm. wholesies, not halvesies. Mm-hmm. He wants all of us. So Lord, help us to surrender everything to you.